with Alan Moore. Welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM, the number one English language station on mainland Europe. And we are the number one English language sports show on mainland Europe also. Yes, it's true. We are the very, very best because we have the best news and interviews and prizes to give away to you, our dear listeners. So what a show we have for you tonight on Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore and I'm going to be having a chat later on with Ekaterina Bichkova, the tennis legend, and also with the football legend that is Alexei Smertin. We have four, not two, not three, but four VIP tickets to give away for Lokomotiv Moscow's game with Angie Mahachkala. And we have some very, very interesting news to catch up on as well. And first, an apology to you, dear listeners, and to Alexander Zotov from the All-Russian Football Players Union. Last week, last week we didn't manage to get his broadcast out live. However, uh, you can download our shows on soundcloud.com. Just look up Capital Sports. We're number one there as well. And check out our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Contact, and Instagram for further details. So you never have to miss a single word or interview. Right, now we're going to start off with something very important for Russians. Last night in Utrecht in Holland, the Russian women's national team, who are ranked 25th in the world, took on the footballing powerhouse and world number two, that is Germany. They are, of course, the reigning world and European champions. And this was for a place in the last eight of the 2017 UEFA European Championships. Having already shot in their first game, the 18th ranked Italy 2-1, the Russian women were very unlucky to lose to kind of perennial contenders and 9th ranked Sweden last week. Only four years ago, Russia suffered its greatest ever women's football defeat, 9-0, against the same Germany team. So how was it last night? Unfortunately, our girls put up an absolutely terrific fight. I watched the game and they got stuck in the whole way through. And we're kind of unlucky to lose 2-0 to the team who are probably going to go on and win the whole competition. Elsewhere in Russian football, Siska got a massive result, a massive result away against AK Athens in the Champions League qualifier. They won 2-0, so next week's game at home here in Moscow is going to be an awful lot easier and uh, kind of makes up for the terrible result that they had last Friday night in the Premier League. Okay, moving across the Atlantic, as we promised, we're updating you on the news from the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Tonight, the champions of North and Central America and the Caribbean will be crowned. Having recorded 2-0 wins over El Salvador and Costa Rica, the US men's national team are hot favourites and looking for their sixth title. Facing them across the field is not Mexico, as some people have thought, and we too as well, in a way. Um, but as we tipped on Capital Sports last week, the reggae boys of Jamaica, who are in their second final in a row, they knocked off the hot favourites Mexico 1-0 in the semi-final. And as I said, they're making their second Gold Cup final appearance in a row. Jamaica have never won this competition and have lost four of the last five meetings, winning one, with the USA. However, they have momentum and confidence and a genuine chance to pull off the shock of the year. Kickoff is at 18.30 or 6.30 p.m. in California or 4.30 a.m. tomorrow here in Moscow. It might well be worth setting your uh, alarm clock for that one and I know I'll definitely be staying up for it. Summer football truly rocks and of course we have the Russian Premier League here underway. Uh, of course Capital Sports uh, hosted the Capital Sports Super Show at the Super Cup. And this past weekend we had a full programme of matches in the Premier Division, or Premier League rather. Friday night had the shock of the season thus far. Great and Dinamo's 2-2 draw with Spartak last week. In their first city derby of the season, Siska Moscow dropped a real clanger. They lost 3-1 at home to the railway men of Lokomotiv Moscow. The visitors were seen home with goals from Ari, Jefferson Farfan and Dmitry Tarasov. Vitinho's wonder strike earlier on in the game was cancelled out and before people complain, it was a strike. It was a good goal because it dipped just before Guilherme got his hands to it. A poor crowd of 14,500 paid in 
not a good sign for Siska. However, it is a summer and it will get better because you have to go and visit that arena. It is a bit of class. Angie Makachkala also took three points in a 1-0 win over visitors Amkar Perm on Friday night. On Zenit, or sorry, on Saturday, Zenit beat Rubin 2-1, while down south in Krasnodar, the home team, FC, whipped Tosno 2-0. Sunday's game saw nothing but pain for our Moscow clubs. It was terrible to watch. Spartak couldn't beat little Ufa in Bashkortostan, and in Himki, Dinamo were humbled by Ural Yekaterinburg 1-0, undoing their good work in the first draw of the season against Spartak. Rostov lost 1-0 at home to Ahmad Grozny. Ahmad, of course, we tipped here in the show to be contenders for a European uh, competition spot at the end of the season. In Monday's game, Arsenal Tula beat Skaharovsk 1-0. Okay, we might excuse CSKA's result on Friday because they had uh, one eye on the game last night in Athens. They did well in Athens, so hopefully they're going to continue on and make the group stages of the Champions League. Last week, we mentioned this the discriminatory chance of Spartak fans at the Super Cup. We hoped that the Russian Football Union would act. Last Tuesday, there was misbehaviour by a small group of Dinamo fans in a match with Spartak. And what happened? Well, 250,000 rubles, just over about $4,500 of fines were placed on both Spartak and Dinamo for the minority of their fans who were unable to watch a game without being idiots. And of course, second division avant-garde Kursk, also from the south, were fined 50,000 rubles for a group of their fans also being clowns. Well done to Alexei Smertin and the Russian Football Union, to Alexander Zotov and the All-Russian Football Players Union for taking real steps. Kudos to them all because it was a big step to take, they took it. Cycling's Tour de France finished up on Sunday with Kenyan-British Chris Froome taking home the winner's yellow jersey after a fourth year in a row. Just as Andrew Farmer of Russia Today and Killian Kelly of IrishPeloton.com predicted here on this show, Froome's Team Sky also won the Best Team Award. Frenchman Warren Bargui, I said that well, Bargui, uh, was the best sprinter. Froome is not the most loved uh, cyclist outside the British media. Though 32 years of age, he's one win away from joining the pantheon of questionable greats like Merckx in the rain and Cattile and Hino for uh, you know getting five winning five tours. And he might yet be able to equal Lance Armstrong's record of seven tour wins with all that accompanies that. Uh, also, Michael Matches from Australia was the best sprinter. Warren Gabagoo, of course, was the king of the mountains. Right, I'm giving you all a break from my horrid voice for a few minutes. We're going to stick on some tunes. Right back after this break, we're going to have Yekaterina Bichkova, and then we're going to have a very good chat a little bit later on with Alexis Smertin. Stay tuned. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.